Hold up your hand if you didn't bring a Bible. The ushers have extra. They'll be glad to let you use one. And let's turn to a couple of openings. Let's go to John, the 13th chapter. And then we'll be going over to 1 John. John 13 and 34. Jesus gave us the New Testament commandment. I don't know of anything more important than this in the whole Word of God. Jesus said, John 13, 34, he said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. He tells us to love one another. He tells us who to love. He's talking about each other, your fellow Christian. Doesn't mean you can't love people on the outside, but the New Testament command is specifically for you and I to love each other. And to love each other a certain way, as he has loved us. So we'd have to find that out how he has and does love us, wouldn't we? In order to love each other the same way. And the good news is that if you've been born again, That very same love that he loved us with is in us. That's a part of being born again. Romans 5 says the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Say it out loud. The love of God God is shed abroad abroad in my heart. heart. I can love others others as he has loved me me. because his love is in me. You believe that? That's what the Bible says. Now if you're not born again, that love's not in you. You can't love people like he loved you unless you're born again. You cannot. Other religions, other philosophies, I don't care how much of a good person you try to be, impossible. You can't do it because it's not in you. There's only one way to get this love in you. That's by faith in Jesus. Being born again. When you're born again, you didn't just have a change of mind. You became a new creation inside. A new creation. Old things are passed away. Well, we know that's not outside because outside your body's the same. You still think the same in a lot of ways and your mind's got to get renewed. But something inside you happened. Amazingly radically when you've been born again. And part of it was this love coming in you. This love that God is, this love that Jesus loves us with, is in us. Now you can ignore it. You can push it down. You can override it and be selfish anytime you want to. Or you can yield to it and let it dominate your thinking. Let it dominate and govern your words and your actions. How many think you ought to let this love govern you? He said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Uh, Look in the uh, 15th chapter of uh, John, just over a page or so. He said in verse... uh, 9 of chapter 15, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. Can you see the sequence? The Father loved the Son. The Son has loved us. We love each other. And that all comes from Him. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. You live in it. You dwell in it. You stay in it. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Now this is one of the big indicators that it really is the love of God. There's a whole lot of churchanity, religiosity that is marked by heaviness and depression. 
And there's a lot of talk about suffering and sacrifice. In fact, that's about all you hear. But you don't see the joy. And so that tells you it's not real. It's religion. It's man's tradition. But it's not the real love of God. This is, well, isn't part of Christianity sacrifice and, and giving? Yes, it is. But it's a gladly sacrificing. Because of your motivation. Which is love. Nobody's making you do it. You're not trying to do it to prove how spiritual you are. You're not trying to impress somebody with how much you're willing to sacrifice. All that's a bunch of junk. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that you can give everything you've got to feed people and burn your body and it means not one thing. It can be completely in vain if you don't do it in love. And not, we've already covered a lot of ground. I'd encourage you to go and get the CDs, the DVDs, download it off the internet. It won't cost you anything. And get caught up because we've talked about what love is not. It's not just a feeling. It's not obsession. It's not a bunch of other things. uh, Love has been one of the most convoluted and diluted and twisted things in society. How many songs have people written about love? You hear all kind of stuff. And most of it's just goofy. It's wrong. And how many movies have been made about love? And how many books about love, 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 love? (laughs) And the truth is, most folks are just confused. Maybe they've got an idea. They think what it is. But God is love. God is love. And one thing that can help us to separate the junk from the real is the joy. Somebody say joy. Joy. When Jesus is telling us the New Testament commandment, love each other like I have loved you. And he tells you why he's telling us, didn't he? What did he say? Verse 11, these things have I spoken to you. Why? That my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. And how many remember the joy of the Lord is our strength. And there's nothing stronger than God who is love. And full love gives you full joy. Gives you full strength. Gives you full God who is love. That gives you joy. That makes you strong. Can you see it? It's all connected. And so you know when you see somebody that's supposed to be so spiritual, but they're so depressed. It's wrong. It's just not right. They're believing junk. They may be very sincere in what they believe, but you can be sincerely in the ditch. Can't you? You can be sincerely off the road in what you believe. Did you know that there are millions of people that are convinced of lies? Believing lies on the planet tonight. Did you know that? There are billions of people living and dying based on lies. Oh, but aren't you glad we got some truth? Jesus said, my word, thy word rather, is truth. And the truth will do what? What will the truth do for you? It will make you free. Do you think when you got free, it would make you happy? Yeah. You're going to see that joy. You're going to see that joy. So loving each other and even making a sacrifice here and there is not going to depress you. It's not going to take the enjoyment out of your life. It's going to do the opposite. It's going to fill you with joy. The most joyful life is the unselfish life. See, everything else tells you, no, get what you want and that'll make you happy. Even if you have to run over a few people along the way, the collateral damage will be worth getting what you want. It's a lie. It's possible to get everything you ever thought you wanted and a few weeks later be suicidal when you realize it didn't make you happy. 
it did not fulfill you. It did not satisfy you. No, but the most satisfying life, the most joyful life that there is, is the real Christian life. That's the real giving life, the real love living. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Go with me to 1 John, the third chapter. 1 John 3 and 14. I'm going to read this from the complete Jewish Bible, the CJB, if we got that one back there. Can you put that up? Yeah, there we go. He said, we for our part know that we have passed from death to life. How do you know it? Because we love, this version says, we keep loving the brothers. How do you know that you really are saved? Of all the things that people talk about, this is it. I remember when I got born again. And anybody that has been born again knows it too. It's not this vague thing. It happened. You know it. I was in uh, junior high. And my little brother had a head-on accident. He's riding a little motorcycle and hit a one-ton pickup truck head-on. His head hit the bumper. No helmet. They didn't think he would make it on the ride to the hospital. And um, they got him to another hospital, a bigger hospital, a bigger city. And there were some people that had some gunshot wounds and stuff. They treated them first because they didn't think he could make it. But he just kept living. And there was a woman of God that the Lord had put in our lives. We, my family was not going to church at that time. Now my parents both grew up in church, but they weren't serving God. And so we weren't going. My grandma now lugged us to church as little kids. But as a family, we weren't going to church. And so some of that was sporadic and Anyway, this woman encouraged us to pray and believe God and that God would heal my little brother. In that time of, I mean, it looked impossible. So we did, best we knew how, and they did with us. And he, I mean, his, we found out later, his neck was broken, his skull was, who all knows what it was at? I mean, all his teeth were knocked out, his jaw was broken. He hit a truck head on with his head, you know. And they didn't even know his neck was broken. They found that out later. After they'd moved him and all that stuff, you know. Anyway, he was unconscious, just a lifeless looking lump laying on the table when I saw him. Of course, I'm just a, a kid myself. Well, a preteen, I say. And uh, the next day, I'm pushing him down the hall of the hospital in a wheelchair. He's laughing. The next day. Now, I don't have to tell you what a miracle that is. I didn't tell you the whole story because we're already <laughs> another time. But when we got home, my grandmother, who's a dear woman of God, she called us up to her house, which was unusual. She's a praying woman, heard from God, had visions and things that people didn't understand. But even people that mocked her quit laughing when they came to pass. But she called us. We all came in. And she, she tears were on her cheeks. I remember it distinctly. Lena Pearl is her name. Lena Pearl Moore. She's in heaven now. Sister Lena Pearl, they all called her. And she said, God has spared our baby. Yes. Spirit of God was in that room. I'm telling you. I remember my dad was there, my mom. And uh, he's looking down at the floor. She said, I told the Lord that if he would spare our baby, that you all would serve him. She said, did I lie? (laughs) My dad's looking down. Of course, you know, my dad, I thought he hung the moon, you know, still do. Everything he did, I did, you know. He looked, he said, yes, ma'am, you're right. We'll be in church tomorrow morning. It was a Saturday. 
And we were in a great little Baptist church there. And, and uh, when the minister gave the altar call, my dad got up and walked down the aisle. And I figured if he needs to go, I probably do too. So I got up and I followed him down the aisle and was born again in the altar as a boy, junior high boy. And the next day in school, is how I got into talking about this. I knew something was different. I looked around the room. And kids that I didn't like before. For some reason I thought. They're okay. <laughs> I like them. And teachers I didn't care for. I like them too. I just. And I didn't realize it. But the love of God was in my heart. And I'm, as I'm looking. I'm just a kid. But I'm looking around. And I'm seeing people differently. And I'm perceiving them differently and thinking about them differently. Something has changed. How do we know we've passed from death unto life? This love. This love. Let you know that you're no longer dead spiritually. You're alive. Somebody say, I have that love in me. Keep reading. The person who fails to keep on loving is still under the power of death. Keep reading this. Verse 15. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. Now, you might get in the flesh, get mad, get upset with somebody, even say you hate somebody. But if you're really born again, if you check your heart, that's not your heart. Even when you're saying you hate them, your heart's bothering you. It's scratching you about it. Verse 17. If someone has worldly possessions, this world's goods, And he sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him. How can he be loving God? Keep going. Children, let us not love with words and talk, but with actions and in reality, in truth. Not just love and talk. What is the greatest expression of love? John 3.16. Put it up on the screen for us. John 3.16 is the greatest expression of love. God so loved the world that what? That he gave his only begotten son. The greatest expression of love is giving. The greatest expression of love is not saying. I'm not saying that's not important. It is. But it's not the greatest expression of love. The greatest expression of love is giving. Giving. Do you believe that or not? How could you doubt it with this verse right here? God so loved the world that he did what? And he gave the most precious thing. Didn't he? His only begotten son and he gave what we so desperately needed. Redemption. Jesus taking our place. Paying the price. Obtaining for us eternal redemption with his blood. Getting for us holiness we could not attain to. Righteousness we could not earn and deserve. Do you believe it saints? Getting us wisdom. Getting us all those things. He gave it to us. Why did he give it to us? Why? Because he loved and still does. Love us and loves the whole world. Even though the whole world has not accepted him, he loved and gave this for the whole world. So, for God so loved the world. That word so means in this manner. He loved the world in this way, in this manner. Remember what the new commandment is? We are to love each other in a certain manner. How? As he has loved us. Well, he said the father loved him that way. And he loved us that way. And we're to love each other in what way? He so loved that he gave. Now this takes mind renewal. And it's one of the reasons why the devil has fought giving so hard. And I know a lot of people have done a lot of dumb stuff and wrong stuff. And don't get concerned. I'm not getting ready to have a big offering. But you can see, even to have to say that, You can see why the devil has endeavored, worked so hard and been very successful in a lot of cases in attaching a stigma 
to anything associated with giving. But it is the greatest expression of the greatest thing in existence. God so loved that he gave. Say it out loud. God so loved that he gave. If we love each other that way, what will we do? We will so love that we give. That's what the verse just got through saying. Back up. Put, excuse me, 1 John back up there again. 316, 1 John. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. God the Father gave us Jesus. Jesus gave us his life, his blood, his spirit for our spirit, his soul for our soul, his body for our body. Didn't he do it? We should never question his love. It is the ultimate insult to look at what Jesus gave for us and was willing, how far he was willing to go for us. No one has ever gone further for anybody than he went for us. Do you believe it, saints? You you may question some things, but do not question his love for you. Do not. That's been proven before heaven, earth, and hell. For eternity. His blood. His blood is on the mercy seat tonight. Speaking on your behalf. His love is not in question. His love has been proven. It's for us. To prove our love. The master doesn't need things in heaven. But his kids do. And we can love him. By loving them. Is that right? And then he saying, as much as you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, he takes it personally. Whether you hurt them, whether you help them, he takes it personally. Let me keep reading this. Whoso has this world's good and sees his brother have need and shuts up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwells the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Now, saying to love, not just in talk, but love in what you do in doing and in truth, sincerity, reality, is connected to having this world's goods. Did you see that? Back up. Verse 17. Somebody didn't see it. How does this start off with? Whoever has this world's goods. So what if you don't have any of this world's goods? Then your expression of love is limited. How did songs get written that are heralded by the church that say, I don't want any of this world's goods? And people cherish that more than they do this. I had a lady one time come and after I'd spoken, boy, she was all right. I could see it in her face before she got to me. She said, no, such and such wasn't right and this wasn't right. And she's quoting a verse that I quoted. And, and so she said, well, you said, I said, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. Wasn't me. I quoted the verse. Chapter and verse said. She said, well, yeah, but it's just like the song says. The song, it surprised me. I said, what? She said, well, it's just like the song says. She's rejecting the scriptures and holding up to me a song. (laughs) Something out of a hymnal. I don't know if you realize this or not, but there are some hymnals that I really enjoy and think a lot of. And the chorus, I think, is from heaven. But verse 3 is just out of somebody's goofed up ideas. And we need to know enough of the word and the Holy Spirit well enough to discern. Men are imperfect vessels. They can yield to the Holy Spirit in the morning and yield to confusion in the afternoon. Did you know it? Thank God we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Word. We can measure everything by this. He that has this world's good. 
Go with me to Second um, Corinthians, the eighth chapter. Second Corinthians, the eighth chapter, and about verse thirteen or so. He said, "I mean not that other men be eased, and you burdened, but by an equality, that now at this time your abundance." Everybody say your abundance. Whose abundance? Your abundance. (laughs) How many know you'd have to have some abundance to be talking about your abundance? That your abundance may be a supply for their want. And that their abundance also may be a supply for your want. That there may be an equality. Keep reading. As it is written, he that gathered much had nothing over. He that had gathered little had no lack. So he goes on to talk about this whole chapter is rich on this subject. Eight and nine are talking about material things. It's talking about money. It's talking about giving. It's talking about offerings. And it is rich, rich, rich. But the enemy fights this so hard. because And what I haven't seen until recently is he's fighting our greatest witness, which is our love, which finds its greatest expression in giving. This is about the love command. And the love command is our greatest witness. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. By what? By us loving each other In the same way that he has loved us. How has he loved us? He loved us so much that he gave us Jesus. Can you say amen, saints? I know uh, back during uh, Celebration Sunday there in Branson, we have a day that we come together and all the folks believe God over the year and bring things to give. If you hadn't been there, I encourage you to come. It's an outstanding day. And we'll have some things here too in, in Sarasota. The Lord will show us how to express this. But the Lord has done this in Branson. It's not something that we tried to do per se. It's something that it worked into and it became that. And we put up tents. And people fill it, our people, fill it with clothes. A lot of them new. Shoes, every size. I mean, big tents. And some tents have furniture in them. Whole bedroom suits. New TVs. New washer and dryer sets. New refrigerators. New freezers. Tents. Full of stuff. And the people show up. And receive it. And take it home. And we feed the people. Thousands of them. And we've got games and stuff for the kids and rides for the kids. And the kids just have a great time. The last uh, one we had, Phyllis and I walking across the ground. And I felt this thing up against my leg. And I looked, and this little guy on a new bicycle. He just he said, Brother Keith, Brother Keith, see my new bicycle. Brand spanking new. Had the little streamers on it. He was a happy guy. And different little ones come and grab your leg and and big ones too. I saw families walking across the parking lot with their arms like this with clothes. And we found out that people get clothes for their kids for the whole year. At no charge. And as I was standing toward the end of the day looking out over this. And I mean thousands of people had come through. And I don't know how much money's worth of stuff. All kind of stuff. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, when people fight so-called prosperity message, this is what they're fighting. This is what they're fighting. You know why churches don't do that kind of thing? It costs money. And a lot of it. And And it's not just the church. Why don't people... Uh, bring new washers and dryers and refrigerators and a thousand dollars worth of new clothes. Why? Because they don't have it. Or their priorities are somewhere else. And then these same people 
will fight somebody like me that says God wants you to be blessed and have a lot more than just what you need. If you don't have a lot more than what you need, how are you going to do things like this? You've got to have this world's goods. Don't you? You can't give what you don't have. And you can't give substantially unless you've got substantially above and beyond what you need to get by and exist and survive and have what you need. Everything we're believing for, this ministry, is beyond Phyllis's and my needs, isn't it? We didn't need this place down here for us. We didn't need that property in Branson for she and I and all the bills that go with it and all the maintenance and all that kind of stuff. We ought to send you the utility bills sometime, let you check them out. We didn't need it for us. Everything we're believing for is way out beyond us. And now it's millions of dollars and tens of millions out beyond our needs. But the more you got, the more you can help other people. The more you can, you can have places, you can have provision. And it's how the Lord got us to the place where we could believe. We'll just give this word to people. We'll just send these materials to people. How many understand? You got to have a lot more than what you need. To be able to do that. And when people fuss with us and fight and go, well, I don't believe in all that prosperity stuff. That's what they're fighting. That's what they're fighting. Because if you don't believe, it's the will of God for you to have more than your necessities. And more than your little personal bills paid, you'll never get into this. And you'll never get into this joy that comes from being able to be a vessel and a conduit to bless others. Oh, friend, there's something very, very big that God is working in us. Do you believe it or not? It's tied to faith. It's tied to prosperity. It's tied to sowing and reaping. It's tied to the love command. It's tied to the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's big. I said it's big. And in order for us to be the part we're supposed to be, we've got to get our eyes above our little stuff. Well, all I need is just enough for me and mine, and that's fine. Me and mine, that's fine. (laughs) That's not having faith. That's not having vision. And it's not the love command. God so loved the world that he gave. We so love each other. That we give. And we love the world. So we give. We give. And if we love big. We give big. I said we give big. Somebody say give big. Give big. Give big. Give big. Go to the ninth chapter here in 2 Corinthians. 9 and 8. Lord is starting something in us here tonight that's been going on. I don't know if this is the end of this series or the beginning of another, but something's happening here. And I'd have to talk in tongues to try to tell it to you right now and believe for the interpretation. I I can see what the Lord's been working in us for the past decade. Some things are coming to fruition now. And it all has to do with this. And I am so excited... Can you tell it or not? That we are going to have ability. I mean big ability. To love people with. And not just love in word and in talk. But in action. With stuff. With money. With equipment. With buildings. With vehicles. Come on are you listening saints. And this is not just. You know, a church thing. You are the church. We are the church. This is something God does. I mean, we talked about the celebration Sunday. We have seen in the first year or two with that celebration Sunday, the stuff was on this level. A lot of it was clean and 
and used and it was where we were at. But man, as the years go by, the tags are still on it and it's high dollar. And they just brought it from the store and put it in the tent. It's high dollar. It's new. It's top of the line stuff. Come on, are you listening to me? What does that mean? That means the people's faith have grown. Their life is on a different level. And people can mock us all they like. They can call us, blab it, grab it, name it, frame it. They can mock when we talk about our offerings and sowing. But uh, they won't be able to have ability either. When it comes time to do things. And then they'll try to imagine. Well it was just not God's will for me to have that. And leave the impression. It's God's will for some people to be rich. And it's God's will for some people to be broke. That's a lie. I said it's a lie. It's a lie. Anybody that will believe God. I'm telling you. You can be in the lowest ditch. In the worst slum in the world. Do you believe it, saints? And look up from that place and call on God and follow him and he can make you a conduit. He can make you a storehouse to flow blessings through to the world. Do you believe it? Glory to God. Let me fill us in our examples. We were two little ignorant folks in a little dumpy wore out trailer with nothing piece of junk car and now God is using us to believe God to reach nations and the difference is can he get faith in you can he get you to believe this or will you fight it or will you say well that's for somebody else that's not for me no telling how many people the Lord has tried to use and they wouldn't cooperate. They wouldn't listen to it. So he winds up using the same people over and over again a lot of times because others are not listening, not participating. But would you believe that God could use you? Say it out loud, God can use me. He can use anybody. And he can use me. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, notice this. And we're getting into it now. Can you tell it or not? Can you sense it? 2 Corinthians 9, 8. It says God is able. If somebody believes it, say amen. amen. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Now this is a hallelujah statement. <laughs> to what end? So that you always... Having all sufficiency in all things. Does this sound like being broke and can't pay your bills? May abound to every good work. Glory to God. Having everything you need and more than enough of it and able to give to every good work. Express the love of God. In tangible material ways. This word abound. Is an exciting word. You want to hear about it? There's several words. That come from this root. But this is what they all mean. It comes back to the root. It means surplusage. <laughs> Sir. We just say surplus. Surplusage. That sounds good too. Don't it? Surplusage and superabundance. I'm quoting Dr. Strong and Dr. Vine. They say this is accurate, that it literally means surplusage slash superabundance. Somebody say super. super. What is abundance? Abundance is more than enough. What's superabundance? Well, that'd be way more than more than enough. Is that the will of God? A lot of folks don't believe it. They don't believe it. We're in the minority of church-going folks that believe this. But Jesus said, John 10, 10, The thief comes not, but for to steal and to kill 
and destroy. Jesus said, I am come. Why'd you come, Jesus? I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That is this word, super abundance. That you might have it to the full until it overflows. Because it means more than abundance. It means super. Super abundance. <laughs> so y'all believe in abundance? No, nah, we believe more than that. <laughs> you just thought we were extreme. We're beyond that. We believe in super abundance. <laughs> super abundance. Folks say, well, that's just being materialistic. No, what is your motive? For why? To what end? We got a gospel to preach to the world. It costs money. We want to help people spiritually and naturally. Right? We want to express to people that they're valuable. Giving somebody something expensive is a very loud way of saying, this is pricey. But you're more pricey. I value this. But I value you more. Isn't it? It is a loud. Unquestionable way. Of saying I love you. You're valuable. To superabound. Another one of these word definitions. To superabound in quantity. And quality. To be in excess. Superabundant. Super abundant. Super abundant. Somebody say thank you Lord. He said the Lord is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. This to me is the definition of biblical prosperity. What's the will of God for your life? Always having all sufficiency in all things and able to abound to every good work. Is that God's will for you? Is it? It's not a dollar amount. People need different things to do different jobs and outreaches. Don't compare yourself with anybody. But lack and not having enough and wanting to do and not being able. None of this is the will of God. None of it is the plan of God. Do you believe it, saints? Religion has taught people to accept it. So we don't understand why, but God's teaching us something. Well, what's he teaching you? Maybe if you'd hurry up and learn it, you could get out of this mess. No, it's just being religious. It's not in line with other scriptures. It's not right. If it's stealing from you, if it's destroying something in your life or or your loved one's life, it's the devil. Jesus said so. If it's killing something, it's the devil. Did you know death itself is our enemy? Did you know that? People talk about, you know, God took them in sweet death. Well, maybe he received them, but death ain't sweet. Death is destruction and decay. And it is the last enemy that will be put underfoot. One of these days, there's going to be no more dying, no more death, no more decay. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. God's able to make all grace abound. Go to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, please. Can you take a little bit more? God is able to make all grace abound. All grace be super abundant to you. And the result of that grace being super abundant to you is you always having everything you need in every area and plenty to give to every good work. What is grace? Well, this grace enables you to do something, including material. In Ephesians, you'll see this word again, Ephesians 2.4. But God, who is rich... In mercy. God's rich. Are you anti-rich? 
God's rich. He's rich in mercy. He's rich in every good thing. For his great love wherewith he loved us. Keep reading. Even when we were dead in sins has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Keep going. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Somebody say thank you Lord. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Keep going. For by grace, he keeps out almost every verse, grace, by grace, grace, you're saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Don't be limited to a small definition of grace. What is grace? Grace is the gift of God. Grace is all that God gave. That's what grace is. Everything that God has given means you didn't earn it. It was given to you is grace. And everything that God gives to us on a regular basis as a result of what he's already given, that's what grace is. Grace is all that God gave. Grace, gift, same. All that he gave. What did he give us? A little bit? Huh? Was he stingy with what he gave us? (laughs) Back up. What are we going to see throughout the ages to come? For his great love. Wherewith he loved us. In the ages to come. He's going to show us the exceeding riches of his grace. And you know what it has been saying? And what it will be saying throughout eternity? What will it be saying? As he gives this to us. And the more he gives this to us. What is it saying? What is it saying? I love you. You're the apple of my eye. Right? I've been getting this ready for you. For eons. I've been preparing this for you. From before the foundation of the world. I had this ready for you. And how big is his love? It's bigger than the universe. And he is expressing this to us, not just today and tomorrow, but throughout the endless ages, the exceeding riches of everything he gave to us. Now, if God loved us like that, 1 John says, we ought to love each other. And how are we going to love each other? With our ability. Now, it's not all about money and things, but that is part of it too, in that you use your faith to get to a place where you can do things for people. I don't care if you got nothing. Faith works by love, doesn't it? You can get it in your heart that you don't want anybody to have to take care of you. You love them, and you don't want to be a drain on their resources. You don't want to be a sap on them at all. And so you're going to believe God so that you don't need that. And then you're not going to stop there. You're going to keep believing God until your situation gets stronger and better and stronger and better. And you not only have resources to take care of you, but you can start doing things for other people. Houses, lands, buildings, vehicles. As we've been saying that month after month and year after year, uh, if you've been around, you've heard me. uh, It's hard for me to say it without stopping and saying, now this is not just about you having a bunch of stuff. This is kingdom related. This is kingdom business, right? And just this last week or so, he began to show me why I keep wanting to say that. It is kingdom related. It is kingdom connection. Why does Branson have a church and a fine place there tonight and all that equipment? Because God gave More Life Ministries partners and us ability beyond themselves 
to sow into that and God used them to make that happen. Why is there a Sarasota church here tonight? Because the Branson people loved you and More Life Ministries people loved you even though they didn't know you by name or person or face. They knew you were here and somehow loved you. Come on, are you listening, saints? And said, we want you to have this to be able to do this. And why? Just so you can come and sit up in here and get fat on the word? No, no. So we can rise up in a place of ability. That in time to come, things will come up and the Lord will put his finger on us and say, take care of that. You do that. You be a part of that. You underwrite that. You do half of that. You make provision for that. Already, there's numerous things like this happening in the ministry. We've been in places, some things happened this week, where the Lord dealt with us to send them a big seed in their building program. It'll encourage them. It'll help them. That happened recently. There was a, a thing that was kind of, you know, had kind of come to a stop. And the Lord dealt with us to sow a big seed in that thing. And it'll kick start it again. And it'll encourage them. And it has. And it did. And it is. Can you say glory to God? But that's not for an institution or organization. It's for the believer. You. Me. As individuals. When we are coming out far beyond our basic necessities. And then when you put us together. And our excess is combined. We begin to be in an ability of strength. And it's not just having some stuff and some money. It's having faith. And vision. And love and ability. And you couple that with the Holy Ghost and the plan of God. And you'll see life changing things happen. Do you believe it, sir? It's too easy to just sit back and go, well, me and mine, that's fine. (laughs) That's being spiritually lazy. It's not having vision. It's not having faith. You're called to more. You're capable of much more. Do you believe it, saints? And do you think that there is no greater joy than somebody in a situation believing God with all their heart and coming up against problems and lack and need and God use you? Oh, come on now. You are you and me to be there at the right time with the ability to make that pressure go away and cause that vision to come to pass. Come on, are you listening, saints? People who don't believe in prosperity will never be a part of this. They won't have any vision beyond themselves. But the Lord has been working something in us. And now I can see fruit coming out of it. We're about to shift into another gear. Do you believe it? There's been talk about another level, another level. That's not just in one or two areas. That's spiritually. That's kingdom business. Can you say glory to God? Stand on your feet. Let's praise him some tonight, This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.